Introducing the new X Games Apple oh picking. Oh my god. Welcome back to the Backyard Bonfire. My name's Andrew. Frank's not here this week. He's off doing his own thing, so I've invited my good friend Ken to join me around the bonfire. How you doing today, Ken? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on today, Andrew. Uh, I have some big shoes to fill. I, I love listening to you and Frank every week, and uh, shout out to Frank real quick. Hope you're having a good time, buddy. Yeah. Speaking of Frank, he's on some sort of trip, and that got me thinking, and you're the one that brought it up, and it's a great idea, so this is how we're doing our fantastic segue. Uh, let's talk about some trips we've taken over the years. Right? Like, how do you want to go about this, Ken? Because I know you wanted to talk about, you know, let's let's just have a shoot back and forth about having different trips you've taken. And you know what? I'll just kick us off. What do you look for? Like, what defines a good trip to you, a good vacation? So, yeah, as far as a trip goes, I mean, there's so many ways you can look at it, right? Are you going to your, your favorite destination, like a zoo or a mall? Or are you going on vacation to, like, the Dells or Disney or something mm-hmm. exotic? Um, for me, a good trip has just got to be something that's memorable, that's a conversation starter, and something that's a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Um, so I thought what would be fun for us to do is maybe rank our top three favorite trips of all time our favorite trips okay yeah that can be vacations that can be destinations like malls or they can just be uh a place that you went one time that you thought was freaking awesome all right all right now here's the thing you mentioned (laughs) total tangent we'll get to the trips we'll get to the trips (laughs) You mentioned like exotic locations, and in that sentence you put Disneyland. Is Disneyland exotic? I mean, it's not some place you're gonna get to go every day, right? Unless you're super awesome and you work there, right? Or, or like you live close by, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause it's just I went. I've been to Disneyland once, so I guess that qualifies as exotic right <laughs> like ooh, disneyland wait it, i've been to disney world disney world's the one in florida right disney world is in florida yeah been, i always been, mix them up too yeah i, I was just looking it up today because i was confused and it may or may not be on my list but disney world in florida is like 40 times bigger than disneyland yeah disney world is one of those places that every time um you research it it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger uh steph and i were just looking at it two weeks ago or so and man it's changed so much since when you were a kid now they have this whole star wars exhibit and you can create your own lightsaber and we were just like yeah this we gotta go sometimes i mean dude you got star wars when you get tired of that you got harry potter world you got the mcu world they're building like they like everything like just buy up the like lego theme parks and you got everything <laughs> like what yeah. else do you need literally when they say where dreams come true i mean 
best slogan you can think of when you think about everything that they've been able to do. Um, and they still have all the nostalgia that you want to with Mickey and the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and all that good stuff. I think I think I need to go back because when I went, I was like, I don't know, bratty 10, 11-year-old, and I couldn't appreciate it. I think... I think the magic really hits when you're really little or when you're like a teenager or older. And I was just preteen. I was just a little too bratty to enjoy it. Yeah. I fall under the category of, uh, I went when I was like five or six, uh, and I can't remember a whole lot anymore just because, you know, you remember certain elements like, maybe meeting Mickey Mouse or remembering um, one of the rides, but it's really hard to capture all that um, when you're so young. So it's definitely a good idea to go when you're older so you can appreciate it more. Yeah, I think so. And then like now I'm like, now that like the internet's a much bigger thing than it was in like, you know, the early nineties and whatever, like people are like sharing like their Disneyland secrets like it's like a like it's common knowledge but i wouldn't have known about it like it's important that wherever you are in disneyland you should be able to see the castle and like they designed the park with that in mind you know and like they like hide like the like minions around the park and you need to like find the minions and like just like different things like that or not minions cuz that's not anyways yeah. That's my thing about Disney, Disneyland, Disney World. Uh, why don't you kick us off, Ken? What What is, like, top three trips? What's one of them? Because for, for me, they're in no particular order. Yeah, for me, it's not a particular order either. The mind for me was my trip to Lambeau Field. Um, I, I was a huge Patriots fan. I still am, even though I'm supporting Tom Brady and the Bucks currently. Um, I'm always going to be Brady fan first. But um, at the time I went to Lambeau, it was to see the Packers versus the Patriots. And that, that drive up there was, was memorable. Um, I don't know if you've ever driven to Wisconsin before, but it's pretty <laughs> much just a straight shot. I mean, there's no lights or anything like that. Literally, there's no traffic lights and there's no street lights. <laughs> so if yeah. you're driving at nighttime, good luck. Um, but when we got there, I mean, it was just incredible. It's like this small little town that they just shut down um, for game day. And this whole community is just all about the Packers. And the fans are are drinking and they're partying and they're celebrating. And uh, it's just one of the those awesome places that if you're a big sports fan you just got to check it out um i loved the atmosphere there i was actually on tv for about 15 seconds they were doing the um i think it was sunday countdown and chris carter mike ditka and whoever the female host was at the time was there and you just see me waving uh, <laughs> in the background. No one, is... like, dragged you away, and they're like, sir, you need to get out of the shot? <laughs> no, it was just like a, a slew of people um, as we were just watching Countdown. Because I remember I was in the hotel, 
and I had ESPN on, and I'm like, holy cow, no way are they right there. <laughs> I run down the street, and sure enough, they're there. That's funny. How, how old just, were you? Uh, I must have been like 23, 24 years old. It wasn't okay. too long ago. Okay. Because I've been to Lambeau Field, too. Um, I went because one of my best friends growing up, John, his whole family, they're a huge Packers fan. They painted their bathroom in their basement like Packers themed yellow green with like the bobbleheads all around and the shower curtain and like the sink was just decorated with Packers stuff. Like, and so like that was the first game they took me to. Now I'm a diehard Bears fan, so you know, screw the Packers. But, (laughs) but that was the first game they, they took me to, I think it was a Packers versus Lions. And I remember. You drive through, you're driving through like a suburb, and then all of a sudden, like the the like tree line of the road cuts away, and you see the huge stadium and like the parking lot and the tailgaters, and like like it's literally like suburbs right next to stadium. That's and like it's crazy, like just how quick like that transformation is. It was jarring to me, you know, like I didn't expect it. Yeah, it's it's such it's such a cool stadium and a little community. When you went at the time, um, did you stay afterwards or was it just drive to the game and then drive back? <sighs> so they have a cabin up there, like by a lake or whatever, because like that's a thing pe- people get cabins by the lakes in Wisconsin, right? That's what they do. <laughs> um. We went to his grandpa's house because his grandpa was, like, getting us the tickets, I want to say. So we took the tickets. We saw the game. We got out of there because it was uh, – who was, who was the wide receiver? Donovan on the Packers? You would have had Greg Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Donald Jordy Driver. Nelson. Donald – it was – it was a chance for Donald Driver to break some kind of record, right? Okay. At the time. And so he broke the record during that game. And we're like, oh, that's cool. And then we left. Because they wanted to, like... T- I'd never been to Wisconsin any, any, ever. So, like, they wanted to, like, show me, like, oh, check it, check out, like, this cool restaurant we'd like to go to and, like, shit like that. So we didn't stay around for, like, any tailgating or partying or whatever. But, I mean, uh, I, I, was, I was, you know, again, like, eight... Okay, well, the next time you go there, because there will be a next time, it's inevitable, um, and hopefully they still have it, they had Brett Favre Steakhouse. So the best Western I was staying at was right in the middle. So you got Lambo here, Best Western, and then to the left of it was Brett Favre Steakhouse. Is that just a thing? Because, like, in Chicago, we got, like, Ditka's Steakhouse and, like, Michael Jordan's Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, in 20 years from now, depending on how his career pans out, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers' Steakhouse makes an appearance. Um, <laughs> but but it was a cool restaurant. I mean, you go in, there's Brett Favre um, photos everywhere, and then, you know, I just remember – I only got appetizers because it's a steakhouse, so you know you better be a high roller. And yeah. the, this is the place where they got the steaks on their um, shoulder, and they're going, "Oh yeah, here's all the cuts we have." And I'm like, "I'll take the nachos." 
Ganachas <laughs> <laughs> though, Ganachas. Oh, absolutely. One one final comment on the Lambo experience. The best Western I stayed at downstairs had this awesome bar. I can't remember for the life of me what it was called, but they had this sampler platter that was just ridiculous. It had cheese curds, mozzarella sticks, potato skins, nachos, quesadillas, the works. And it was like 12 bucks. I literally ate that four times while I was there. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Gotta get the cheese curds. Speaking of stuff in your face. I, my family took a trip to some resort in Mexico. I don't remember what it was, but it was our first time ever being at a resort. Cause frankly, when we traveled as a family, we saved money to travel to Poland to visit family. And that's the only place we travel, you know, in my life, I haven't taken many trips. So it was my first trip to Mexico. It was my first trip to a resort. And man, staying at a resort is pretty great. You know, you just swim all day, and then when you're hungry, you go get food. And then, like, you swim all day again. And then we, like, <laughs> they, ha- they have, like, ac- planned activities. So we, like, did, like, the, like, shooting a bow and arrow. And everyone got, like, two shots because it's, like, they're, like, on a tight schedule. And <laughs> they don't really care. And then there was, like, cigar rolling, and, like, I got to smoke a cigar, which I'm, I've am i never smoked a cigarette before, so starting with a cigar, that's that's what, one heck of a choice. I don't recommend yeah. it. <laughs> Mobster Andrew over here. I know, right? <laughs> I learned what, what how to spot a fake cigar from a real cigar and why they do that, like, smell thing where they go, you know, and, like... <laughs> No, it was it was a fun trip, and like I know you you like, like to go on like cruises and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say g- good tie in there. I can't believe I'm just hearing this for the first time. Cigar smoking Andrew, huh? I can see it now. Him as he's shooting his bow and arrow, light going up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It makes sense how good you are in Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love cruises. Um. Fun tie-in. I when I did my cruise for the first time ever, I also went to Mexico. I uh, went to Cozumel. That was our stop. So we we cruised for two days. We stopped at Cozumel for the day, and then we cruised for two days back. Um, and the cruise was gonna be one of my three picks, anyways. It's just awesome. Um, if you ever get an opportunity to go on a cruise, hoping that. You know, once the pandemic's over, that the world is in a spot where we can do those kind of things again. Man, it's 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 an amazing experience. Um, if you don't like water, I would still say it's super safe because there's just so many things you can do. Just like you said with the resort, I mean, there's food, there's shows, there's movies, there's mini golf. Literally at the top of the boat, you could play mini golf as yeah. the, as the boat's in motion. I mean, um, they're floating cities, right? Like they're like they're huge. Yeah, what I like to say is it's Vegas on wheels. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, it could be <laughs> two in the morning, it could be twelve lunchtime, or it can be ten at night, and there's something you can do. Uh, I think the the coolest thing that I did when I was on the cruise was every night they had dinner 
uh, and movies under the stars. So essentially at like nine or 10 at night, they'd have a first run movie. You'd go out there, they'd have all the, the nice chairs laid out. Um, you'd, you'd get your chair and then the guy that makes like this New York style pizza comes out and he's just serving you. So you're eating, you know, pepperoni pizza, you're watching uh, a movie, and it's awesome. I remember the movie, too. It was the Meg. How fitting. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> watching a shark movie on a cruise. <laughs> you never get scared, though, that, like, the cruise ship's going to, like, lose power, and it's going to be, like, one of those catastrophic cruise stories that end up on the news every, like, ten years. Uh, I mean, I love the water, so if I get stranded out there, you know... I mean, but that's There's, not the issue. Is like them running out of supplies. Rem, like rem, remember, it was like I want to say it was like six years ago. At this point, there was like a carnival cruise. They lost power and like they didn't have enough supplies. So people, so like and like the plumbing broke. So pe- like there was poop everywhere. Like the trash oh. was in the hallways. They were running out of food, and like people, like people were getting sick. Like. That's what scares me about a cruise, you know? Like, resor- resorts are connected uh, on land. They're connected to, you know, the real world. They're separate. Like, they're s- totally separate from the real world, right? But they're still, like, connected to the real world. You make you make compelling arguments. But I will say, um, you know, there's always a risk anytime you travel. Um, Mike can share with you some experiences of, of some... Uh, some sour times when I traveled out his way. Honestly, this will this will play a role into another one of my picks. But so, okay, so I'll just do like one of my other picks. My next pick is like wherever I'm just hanging out with friends. That's where I want to travel, right? I and I ideally, uh, it's I've done it a few times. You know, you rent like a big ass cabin or you get a cabin or a house or something, and it's just you and your friends for a week or a weekend just hanging out. You know, I've been for like. Rob's bachelor party, I've done it, you know, in Reno, I've done it in Wisconsin, and it's just, you know, a group of friends hanging out, you know, start a bonfire, play board games, go swimming, you know, just, and like, just like chilling out with friends, no stress, you, you don't have like any plans to go anywhere, because for me, the most stressful part about traveling and trips is traveling and trips, Cause so many things can go wrong, you know. Like I said, your car can, you know, you can end up in an accident, and then your whole trip is ruined. <laughs> you can get lost. You can, um, you know, like forget to pack something. You can get separated from other people. You can, like, just have like some misunderstanding that like wastes time, and that wasting of time stresses me out. Cause like. If you're wasting time on a trip, it means you're not enjoying the trip necessarily because you're like you're trying to get to the place where you want to enjoy the trip. You know, you're not in the middle of enjoying the trip while you're wasting time doing something stressful. Yeah, I agree. That is always a fun um, idea of a trip, right? You rent a, a cottage or nowadays people do the whole Airbnb experience, right? Yeah. Um that's that's always a fun escape or a getaway, um, and I totally agree. You know, planning and and budgeting money and um, 
trying to like stack up all these things that you want to accomplish so that you can say I had a good time um, can get very stressful, especially if it's a place where you have to travel and there's traffic and you don't know where you're going. So you, you yeah. either have to Uber or you got to rely on the people that live around there to give you directions. And then you end up in a stranded beach and then sharks kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. Like I guess I guess stress out if I have to go further than the grocery store, you know, <laughs> like just, oh man, just like, Having to, like, coordinate all that is just, like, I don't need that in my life. Uh, let's get that cabin. Let's not worry about the the sharks on the beach, you know, eating us up. Let's let's worry let, about the piranhas in the lake. Let me play devil's advocate really here, though. Really <laughs> quick, though. Sure. Um, going back to the cruise really quick. I only want to spend 10, 10 more seconds on the cruise. They do have this awesome itinerary that they do give you at the start of every morning. So, like, for people like you that might get stressed wondering what I should do, they do a really good job laying it out for you if if you want to get ideas, right? Like, it might say, today's itinerary, check out this movie, or see this show with special comedian, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was always fun. Once in a while, I'd look at it. Like one of the things I did when I was on the cruise was I entered the bags tournament and I won and I got this cool little cruise hat thing. Um, and I wouldn't have known about that unless I saw the itinerary, but most of the time I was stuffing my face or sitting out on the balcony watching the waves. So, yeah. I, and I think I think I t- I might like that more because like when you're traveling I th- I think like if you're traveling to like significant cities or countries it's important to you know visit the like museums and the monuments and experience the history of that place you know go to Washington D.C. you want to visit the different museums the monuments the buildings you get that experience you know my family's been to Poland we're gonna visit the castles we're gonna visit the Sukhanitsa, which is like the 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 cloth hall, it's called, where like they sell all the different souvenirs and stuff. We're, you're gonna visit the salt mine. You're gonna like, cause like that's like the Poland experience, right? And so like being at those things is great. Yes, Ken. I do have a question about the whole Poland experience. It's a really minor question. Sure. Uh, rapid fire. Here we go. Yeah. The McDonald's in Poland. Is there some oh weird God. exotic item on that menu that okay. somebody like me would go there and be like, hey, they got pierogies here? Or I, I'm glad you, like? I am glad you bring this up. I think McDonald's is the most universal restaurant in the world, so it doesn't apply. <laughs> All right. Maybe they'll have something. I don't know, because, you know, every McDonald's is a franchise anyways. Not this. When I was 16, we went to Poland, and so that would have been oh gosh, 20 2009 2008. And my cousins were so excited to share Burger King with me, and we they were gonna get us Whoppers, right? And I'm like, oh, you want like you want a Whopper? Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll try a Whopper. I mean, in Poland, I I only get so many Whoppers. And let me tell you, Ken. I don't think they went to a Burger King, first of all. They just called this burger joint Burger King. Um, the bun 
had more sesame seeds than any other bun I've ever had. It was twice as round, like it was it was almost a small pizza. That's how big this bun was. And the patty was even larger. And there was sauerkraut on it. And that was Ooh. the burger. And that was the burger. And I'm first of all, I'm not a sauerkraut guy. Me but neither. like but that's not a whopper. <laughs> right? I- I think you went to Burger for a King. <laughs> you know, something like that, right? But I think since then, place like fast food places that are international have become more standardized. You know? So like so like you go to Burger King now, you know what to expect. You go to McDonald's, you know what to expect. You go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know what to expect. Um but then there's there's like the Polish restaurants that are super and like and like depending on where you are those fast food places are like tourist traps like they'll upcharge and all that. But like when I went to Poland with my sister and James, we went to a pierogi restaurant, right? Where that's all they sold pierogi. Ooh. And let me tell you, we ordered 45 pierogi for the three of us. 30 entree pierogi, 15 dessert pierogi. Ah. Uh, we got a few beers and I got a tea. The tea was the most expensive thing we ordered. <laughs> and we ended up paying for so for like 45 dumplings and like six beverages, something like 18 bucks American. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, and the tea was like $2 of that. <laughs> so like <laughs> what's the dessert pierogi? I wonder what's in that bad boy. Give me so, an example. Yeah. Uh okay. Like apples and cinnamon. Oh, yeah. that'd probably be good. Or like stra- strawberries or like whatever. So and is then, it more like a blend, sorta? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's it just the filling is usually fruity, and then with a little powdered sugar on top. Dang, I I didn't have a whole lot of Polish dishes in my life. I'm I'm as far as like different ethnicities go. Um, whenever I get Polish food, I get really excited. Um, and not a sneaky was, I think I'm saying that right, was one of my favorites. Yeah, it's close. Not a sneaky. And they are blintzes, I believe. They're good. They're, you know, real thin pancakes. Crepes. They're crepes. That's what they are. Yeah. Crepes. Yeah. Ooh. I like a good crepe. So, yeah. Um, where were we on that? Um, so yeah, when when I, when we're somewhere like that, I think it's important to visit the different museums. You know, like at Poland, you'll have like the Holocaust Museum. You'll have a museum dedicated to the Solidarity Movement during post-war communist control and like unions and like it's super interesting. But again, it can be stressful because you want to you want to do all these things and like okay, I want to visit three museums today. But I gotta time it right so I miss so I can go to them so they're not closed. I need to make sure they're open today. Cause God forbid you travel like an hour outside the city to visit a museum and it's closed that day because you forgot to check if it's open. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like so yeah, and that that was a great trip in general, because we also went to Berlin and I visited the video game museum in Berlin, Ken. And that was awesome. They had a giant pong table, like giant, right? And 
if you lose, if you let your ball in, you get like shocked. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it was like pain pong, you know. And then they like had the history of video games. Oh, that was a ton of fun too. Yeah. What's another trip you got on your list? I would say to round out my my list of my three favorite trips. Um, this is going to be one a little bit closer to home. Um, this is called Edwards um, Apple Orchard. This is in Poplar oh. Grove, Illinois. Okay. Um, Steph and I go there routinely every year, usually in the fall for apple picking. Um, but really the reason we go there is for their cinnamon apple donuts oh. right off the press. I mean, these things are dynamite, or as Guy would say, they take you to Flavortown. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're so good. They're super cheap. I think they're like maybe 12 bucks for like a dozen, and um, they're just the best donuts you can ever get. They never taste bad. Um, you can eat them hot right then and there, where you can take them cold and then microwave them for like, I don't know, 15 seconds. And they're just, they're so ridiculously good. And then they got the apple cider there, and they got all the different apples you can pick from. They I have love fudge. Apple cider. Nice. And we just, we just love it. As, as far as like apple picking goes, I mean, you have all, like 30 different options for like places closer, nearby. Um, but for us, it was always, Edwards because that's where her grandparents introduced to us and that was uh-huh. just like a tradition for us to go um and we we love it it's about like a 45 minute drive maybe an hour um and then always to round up the trip at the end we go to Cracker Barrel which um I've never been to until I met Steph so this is one of those restaurants she introduced me to and for some people, Cracker Barrel's kind of like an IHOP or a Denny's, and they're like, eh, you know what, this food's average or whatever. But for me, this is like old-fashioned, home-cooked, good meals. It's dirt cheap. They got the whole gift shop niche that's added onto it, and uh, it's just a special place in my heart. So every time fall rolls around, you can count us in for Edwards. I like that. I like that it's like a tradition, right? Like, you could go to any app orchard. No, you're going to Edwards app orchard every time. I like that. Because, like, I've never been apple picking. So, first of all, like, how many how many of those donuts do you buy? Because I imagine you eat several while you're there, and then you bring home as many boxes as you can. <laughs> yeah, I think Steph usually gets two dozen. And yeah. then when we're there, we usually eat, like, three or four. I mean, they're so easy to eat. It's like going to Krispy Kreme, right? You can't just yeah. have one glaze. You right. gotta have five or six, and then sure. Off oh the next yeah. day. Yeah, but you, you, but it's totally worth it. It's no regrets. That's right. Oh man, you ever do like a corn maze? I haven't done a corn maze in a long time, but I would love to do that. Um, we. The the beautiful thing about Edwards, too, is, like, sometimes if you go later on in the year, like, right around October, they'll have pumpkins on the other side, so you can do the whole pumpkin... Pumpkin um, pitch. 
patch picking as well. And they usually have some really good ones. I think Illinois is like a leading state in producing pumpkins or something like that. Like, I I, I got, I'll double check it later, but I I thought that was something I came across that we're known for our pumpkins. (laughs) Yeah. It's such it's such a cool place too because like when you drive near Poplar Grove in that area over there it's just so open right like there isn't stores and shopping malls and McDonald's and Taco Bells and gas stations it's just like open road and then once in a while you'll see like some houses or you'll see some horses or some cows um and that's always, I think, like refreshing or calming. I don't know which word comes to mind first, but I really love that openness feeling. I tend to agree. My friend Jenny disagrees. Because <laughs> she's from out west where they have, you know, mountains and hills. So, like, whenever this conversation comes up of, like, driving through the midwest she's like it's so boring it's so flat (laughs) and i'm like i never thought about it that way but you're right it is flat (laughs) and like the last time i went on a long drive i'm like huh it's pretty flat (laughs) and like now i can't get that out of my head (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is flat (laughs) yeah to, to me it depends on like where you're at with things so like we live in the suburbs so to me every time we drive whether it's to our town or the town next to us or 20 minutes out it feels like you're going around in a big circle right you see mcdonald's you see a gas station you see a chick-fil-a and you see some uh, townhouses and you're like oh okay cool and there's nothing like unique or that stands out about towns. They just all have like that same look, smell, and and, yeah. and feel to them. Um, when you go places like Popular Grove, it's just it's got its own little like feel to it, where you feel like you somehow traveled back in time to like a simpler time. Um, and I think that's what really like makes it all worth the drive for me. Um, cause you can go to other apple orchards and like sometimes it just feels like, um, it's so modern, you know, there's nothing like trendy about it. They just have like barrels and you can pick out of them. But this place is like, Wait. it feels like it's 1950s. <laughs> so like you're not even picking them off the tree. You're picking them out of a barrel. Some places do. Yeah. So you're just shopping at that point. Right. So this this place is cool because they got like this big tractor, so you like ride on the tractor and you're going out, and then they just have rows depending on the season the apples are in. Yeah. So you you go and you, you get your apple, and if you're not tall enough, they have ladders and stuff. Um, so, so wait, so you're you're on a tractor that's moving, or is the tractor like just next to the tree for you to like? Oh no, it's moving because because the the so. There's like a little barn and you get on. Yeah. And then it takes you out into where the bushes are or Oh, this is blowing my mind. Cuz okay, just for reference, I've only ever been like blueberry picking where you like show up at the farm and they're like, "Hey, you can buy pre-picked ones for still cheaper than the store or you can pick them." And we're like, "Well, we're here to pick." So we we'll get like six buckets worth of blueberries and we'll freeze them, right? 
and like you know just on a bush so like it never occurred to me that because the apples are obviously in a tree and they're out of reach if you're on the ground like i would have thought they just have ladders everywhere and you climb the ladder and you get an apple and you come down but you're saying they have a tractor and it pulls a like a giant platform yeah that, that everyone's on and then it's like hope you can grab the apple as we drive past if not tough luck no, I I I I poorly described it. <laughs> he drives you around, and yeah. then they make a stop, and they say brandy apples and red apples, and then like if that interests you, you jump off the tractor, you get it, and then you go back on the tractor. That's just your transportation, though. That would be oh. awesome, like a fast-moving tractor, and it's like a video <laughs> game, and you're just yeah. like. Cause grab I just I just imagine like people like leaning over rails to grab an apple, just <laughs> falling over and then getting crushed by the tractor as it moves along. <laughs> like, <laughs> but okay, so you're saying the tractor moves and then it stops and then you get off the tractor? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, and then and then you, okay, so so the it's not like the trees are super tall. They still have just like little ladders if you need them, and you can just reach up and you grab the apples. Yes, I like where your imagination is <laughs> going, Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> I was imagining like I know they're not that tall. I was imagining like the the shortest the apples like twenty feet above the ground, and you have to be on a tractor fifteen feet high. <laughs> and I know that's not how it works. I introducing the new x games apple oh my, picking oh my god goodness gracious so uh-huh. yeah that that pretty much rounds up my trips um there's so many more i can rattle off but yeah. those are the three that really define um my favorite experiences that's fun um yeah i have so many as well to so so far i've named what Staying in a resort and then hanging out with friends in a cabin. Yeah, you you briefly touched on Poland, but I don't yeah. know if that was an official. Yeah, I feel like I'm describing experiences more than I am describing specific trips, right? Right. And like that's fine. I could rattle up, you know. All right, all right. Here's three trips: Pol- Poland, Ecuador, Canada. Boom. Trips out of the way. Uh, <laughs> my next experience that I want to cover. Applies to Poland, it applies to Ecuador, it applies to any old timeyish town. You know, like when you travel outside the country, or even if you go to like I don't know, like Boston, I guess, there's always gonna be like an old town within the town. Mm-hmm. Like, so like I like going places and then in the old town somewhere in Krakow, it's called Sukienica. It's um in Otavalo, Ecuador, they have a famous one. And I love visiting like the outdoor markets where they're kinda like flea markets. They're total like tourist traps, but like people are just selling like the regional things that the place is known for, you know? So like uh in the Czech Republic, it's there's like this market and then a bunch of vendors up and down like the bridge right and then in poland it's the cloth hall and then they're selling you know like toys with like little dragons on them because the castle's right there and then they're selling you know like 
Poland's known for amber, so they're selling like amber jewelry and they're selling like the different clothes. And uh, in Ecuador, they had you know the same stuff. They're selling like these carved little frogs and like the like you know just like you know like images of the things they're famous for. Like they have like their candies and all that. And in all these places, I love looking for a chessboard to remember the place by. But, Everyone who listens to the podcast knows I collect chess boards, right? But I love going to these outdoor marketplaces because, like, I'm not good with crowds, but I, and I'm just describing shopping. <laughs> but I love going to these outdoor marketplaces because it's a it's a cool way to like get a feel for the culture from an outsider perspective, re- like really quickly. Because you're like, okay, that's like the, you know, the traditional clothes. That's the traditional food. That's the traditional jewelry. And, like, I like going to those and seeing, like, what toys and stuff they're selling. And I always try to find a chessboard to buy. And, like, I make it, like, when I go on, like, a significant trip where I'm going to end up at some place that has a market like that, like an open-air flea market, basically, I try to find a chessboard. Were you successful? Were you able to locate them? Uh, so, like, and, like this all started as a kid in Poland, right? Like, I knew they sold chessboards, so, like, every time we go to Poland, I make it, like, a point to go buy some kind of chessboard. Because, like, the vendors will have a bunch of different kinds, right? So, I got my, I got my Poland chessboards. Nice. Um, we went to Prague. I got one. I spent a lot of money on a chessboard, more than I'm willing to admit on this podcast right now. <laughs> Because okay. <laughs> Pro- let me put it this way: Prague is known for their crystal, so I bought a crystal chessboard. <laughs> Holy cow! Nice. Um, I bought one in Ecuador featuring like uh, the like conquistadors versus like the indigenous people, which is like it's it's kind of messed up <laughs> to think about, but like that's a chessboard I got right, and like. So I'm always like on the lookout for a new chessboard when I travel. Like I, when we, we went to the resort in Mexico, I'm like, you know what? I've never been to Mexico before. I'll buy a chessboard in Mexico just to say I have a chessboard from Mexico. <laughs> so like that that's really cool, man. I, yeah. I like, I never knew that uh, you you did that. I knew that you loved chess and that you had a lot of different chess boards, but I didn't know this particular. Yeah. Um, piece of it that's where they come from so like uh my sister and james they like to collect magnets and frankly that's a much better idea because they're easy to store and you you can buy one from like every single thing you go to you from every gift shop you go to you can't buy like you know 10 chess boards on a trip because then you're gonna have like two suitcases full of chess boards (laughs) yeah i i remember when i went to um mexico on the cruise in cozumel Basically, when you land anywhere on your cruise, they're going to take you to, like, the most touristy spot of wherever you're going. Sure. So in Cozumel, yeah. you get off the boat, and there's this town, and what do they do? They sell you stuff, right? That's their job. The best part is the guy that said, you want some tequila? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember when I was there, of course, big Patriots fan, I got this badass skull um it's like that whole mexican skull thing that they got going oh on like the the candy skulls or whatever for like dia de los muertos yeah 
Yeah, I got one of those, and it was decked out uh, with like, Patriots colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a few of those. Those are cool. Yeah, and, like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, right? Like, you're a Patriots fan, so, like, you see Patriots merch, like, somewhere new, you're going to at least think about it. <laughs> yeah, real quick, since you brought that up. The best experience in Lambo was, at the time... I had zero Patriots merch, okay? Sure. I've been a Patriots fan forever since the Drew Bledsoe days, and I never had the hat or the hoodie or nothing. And I don't know why, um, but I never did. So the first time I ever got merch was in Lambo. Uh, there was this gift shop type of place where they sold all the uniforms, and sure enough, they had an awesome hat and an awesome hoodie. <laughs> I'll never forget the cashier saying, you got a lot of nerve buying that stuff in here. <laughs> nice. That, th- I mean, that's a quality cashier right there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sharing, Ken, with me um, your vacation trip experiences. Um, for people who are interested... Ken and I have started our own podcast about movies and TV called the Q Busters. Q U E U E Busters. So check us out on Spotify and we're working on adding ourselves to other platforms. Um, now, Ken, it's time for the final ember. The show's over now. But don't lose your tempers. Here's one more thought it's the final embers. You know how this goes. I brought for the final number a fun little fact that piqued my interest. And you like snacks, right? Of course. Of course. Now, I think we've had this conversation. How do you feel about Triscuits? Uh, I like me a good Triscuit. I'm more of a chicken and a biscuit guy, but I can roll <laughs> with some Triscuits. That's fair. I love Triscuits. And I was Googling about Triscuits the other day, as I do. And then I came across this Twitter feed from March of last year. And this dude talked about how he was at a party or something, and he was asking, why are Triscuits called Triscuits? And the go-to answer is, okay, the isket part is, you know, like biscuit, right? And you would think try means three, right? Like three biscuit, put it together, Triscuit. So he reached out to, like, the Triscuit company, and they're like, you're right about the biscuit part. We don't know what the try part means, but we know it doesn't mean three. Like, that's the email he got back. All right? You following so far? Yeah. Yeah. And so he went digging, and he found, like, some early advertisements from, like, the early 1900s when Triscuits came out. And he discovered that the tree, the try and Triscuits is from electricity because they were advertised as electric baked biscuits. So, you know, the try from electricity, the ele- the electric biscuit, the Triscuit. And, like, that's how they were advertising it, you know? And, like, they're the only food on the market from 1903 that's baked by electricity. And I don't even know how, you, I guess the ovens were electrical. But, like, yeah, I just thought that was a fun fact, that the tr- uh, Triscuits stand for electric biscuit. 
I would have went with three times the flavor, but yeah. <laughs> you should be in marketing, because like, that's a great line. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, there's always room for one more at the Backyard Bonfire.